Do you remember the first story that was so spellbinding that it drove you to break the rules and stay up all night? To keep reading, keep listening, keep playing? So good you forgot your life and lived there? So good that the moment it ended you asked yourself, what next? Welcome to the floor. Our goal is to take you back, take you deeper, to explore and understand more, and relive that childlike wonder. Join us as we dive deep into humanity's greatest stories, no matter how they are told, through books, movies, television, even games. One of us does an in-depth research on our topic. One of us is familiar with the topic. And one of us knows nothing. So the right questions will always be asked and will be addressed for anyone coming into the topic, regardless of how much you know. Enjoy another world another adventure, another spellbinding story. Join us on the floor. All right. Uh, welcome back to a, another Boulder's Gate Dark Alliance episode. So it's been a while, so we're going to recap a few things for you. So Baldur's Gate 1 and 2 were a huge hit, uh, very early gaming in the 90s and the 2000s. And then, huge hit. Huge Decades hit. Decades of action. Yeah. So, I don't know. But, I didn't but they were PC only, and then a really weird decision was made where – the next two installments uh, of the story were done on PlayStation and mm. not on PC. And that is, of course, and so a lot of people are not as familiar with the story and the events. And that is, of course, Dark Alliance. And where we are now is Dark Alliance 2. So we're going through the story. And then as we encounter lore points, whether it be uh, cultural things, uh, you know, uh, geological things, or even just creatures, we, we dive into a bit of lore on each of those points. Um, so in the Dark Alliance Part 2, we're dealing with the Zintarum. These are uh, born out of a, a black market group of people who decided they would then use their ill-gotten wealth to manipulate politics and try and overthrow governments. And so we have encountered the Zintarum attempting to create a portal into the city of Baldur's Gate and to then bring in an army and overthrow the city. To do this, they have to reconstruct the Black Tower that was destroyed in the first game, the Dark Alliance Part One. And when you when uh, you were questing for the was it a, a storm orb? So yes. Yeah, so now, in order to uh, recreate the tower or prevent them from acquiring the artifacts to recreate the tower, there are, I believe, four artifacts that are needed. So that we are now collecting those. So because if the Zintarum can get their hands on these four artifacts they can then recreate and use the Black Tower. So we are attempting to gather them ahead of the Zintarum so that they cannot use them. And when you say we, that is the party in the Dark Alliance game. Yeah, well, I guess we is the wrong term because in Dark Alliance 1 and 2, you do not have a party. You are solo. Oh, right. 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 Yeah, whereas... Because you're a hack and slash, right? Uh, we did talk. I remember talking about Dark yeah. Alliance D and D games, Baldur's <laughs> games, especially like they were really good about sticking to world building and decisions and all that kind of yeah. stuff. And then Dark Alliance was all about well, how slash. do we it's, just yeah make it repetitive? Be, because you know this is this is on the back of the boom of Diablo, right? Where it was less about your party and choices and just go out and slaughter the monsters. And so you know they that Dark good Alliance, equipment. Yeah. Earn levels. Dark Alliance uh, 1 and 2 are very much in the vein of Diablo. Yeah, just yep, hack yep. and slash. Which hack so and slash is, is fun. I mean, yeah, but I've... it but it does take place in the world of the Forgotten Realms of D&D. 
And right. so we do in kind of those lower points. And, uh, you know, this, this is partly in preparation for the release of Baldur's Gate 3. So you're caught up on the lore and these events and everything yep. going in. All right. So uh, in our previous episode, we were sent to Dragon's Spear Keep, which mm-hmm. uh, we, we covered in our episode about that uh, expansion for Baldur's Gate. And uh, so we, we dealt with some creatures outside. And so we will now enter into Dragon Spear Keep is where we are at now. And here we will encounter some goblins, uh, but no hobgoblins. And then there will be some, some fireball traps. So, and we would have there, a whole. Would there be any uh, larger than normal goblins, would you say? Uh, no, these are just small little goblins. We don't, we so don't no, have any. No, not a hobgoblins either. Yeah, no, not a hobgoblins either in this area. Um, so there will be a puzzle to be solved, uh, dealing with various levers in order to open, uh, the right doors in the right order, which will then allow us to enter deeper into Dragon Spear Keep. Now, if you remember from our, our episode on Dragon Spear Keep, there is a portal into the nine hells, uh, that they've tried to seal in here. And so as we descend lower in, we will begin to encounter, uh, some of the creatures of the nine hells. So we'll encounter some hell hounds. Uh, as we, as we get deeper into the keep here, um, and nearer to that portal that opens into Avernus. And Avernus is the very first layer of the nine hells, right? Right, right. And we so, talked about the descent to Avernus and yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, the hellhound, uh, it's important to point out that this is not a dog. It, you know, it looks kind of like a dog, uh, but it is a fight. What it is, is it's a fiend, right? It's a yeah. fire breathing fiend in the form of a dog, as opposed mm-hmm. to a, a dog that breathes fire. So kind of like right. the thing or something. Uh, yeah, yeah, close to, but, but replace like, like a mimic. A mimic is not a chest, right? A mimic is a creature that looks like a chest. Right, right. So, or a door. Yeah. yeah. Whereas yeah. Uh, a hellhound is a devil that looks like a dog. Does right. it have the IQ of a dog or a devil? So well, what they have is, rec- is is described as infernal hunger. This is a need to feed on living creatures. Wait, so are these just hellish gnolls? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so gnolls are fiends as well, right? They're 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 spawned from fiends. Oh. And 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 so yeah, it's got that same chaotic. I want to eat so, you like, you're alive. At the family attitude. reunion, the hellhounds and the gnolls would see each other. Like, well, hey, the, the second cousin. And they would cuddle, and they would the, eat together, and they'd, and they'd eat like, humans together, and it's look, just... Look, I brought food. gnomes. <laughs> yeah. Because some gnomes and some humans. Oh, elves. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, like yeah, That makes more sense. Yeah, they're, they're chaotic... Uh, the hellhound is not. It's 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 uh, from the nine hells. So the hellhound so is lawful. lawful evil, right? Oh, really? Yeah. So, so, now, so, oh, because they're so loyal. So well, the, there's yeah, a like caveat dogs. here in that uh, it's like Marley and me, but the devil version. The the hellhound, uh, the infernal hunger is dominant to its lawful trait. So it has that lawful trait in you know this this obedience and following of authority and masters. However. If they go unfed, they will turn on anyone to feed that hunger. So, oh, Joe, okay. we played Ark, and I we never got this far together, but we will at some point. So all of the animals that you can ride, you can, like, fight other animals with, and it's super cool. 
arc, you can like tame dinosaurs and ride them, right? And there's one called a Giga. And if it takes too much damage, it will get blind rage and turn on you, <laughs> even after you've tamed it, and just kill everything in sight. So uh, is this something similar? Uh, so, sort of, but again, it, it wants to just feed on living flesh. So if you're a lich, then Hellhound will never turn on you because you're not living flesh, right? Okay. So, okay. All right. Okay. I like Interesting. that. Interesting. Yeah. So, so yeah. So it has a very specific drive for what it wants. Now, if you're a human wizard and you're keeping hellhounds, you've got to keep them fed, or they will turn on you. So right. power lifters can eat up to like fifteen thousand calories a day, right? Um, how many humans, in comparison, do you think a hellhound would need to eat to calm down? I do I just no like throw idea. a neighborhood at it and then like throw then it'll be friendly to me, or like? Do I just have to wait four hours? Well, but but it's not really a question anyone can really answer because you get eaten, right? Well, no, 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 because I throw a neighborhood at him. <laughs> just like, hey, all of these people who live here, um, you can eat them all. So, yeah. So, and again, like hellhounds are often used to guard things. Uh, you know, they have that lawful trait. But again, that infernal hunger is dominant. So let's say the lich is keeping a group of hellhounds to protect something. He forgets to feed them. They won't hunt him down because they can't eat him, but they will just leave their duty to find something to eat. Be like, we've got to eat, like, yeah. bottom line. But I'm just, I guess eat. I'm just wondering how much will they eat because gnolls, they'll eat t- till they explode, basically. <laughs> now, you're is remembering it, that wrong. Is that wrong? Is it the hyenas? Oh, the hyenas that Yanu. the gnolls come from. Okay. Yeah. But, they, like, there, there, are, there are creatures that will eat till they explode. Like... At what point? But that's Yano's like like mo curse over them. But like, my question like, is, how long magical. will the hellhound need to eat before it's satiated? That's that's my question. You'll have to work that out with your DM, man. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's gonna depend on the hellhound. You need to make a character start start keeping some hellhounds and find out. It's like, yeah, I'm a pet trainer it's like oh that sounds really cute and adorable no they're all hellhounds uh yeah, yeah. all right sorry for uh segueing joe but it was important to my brain all right so uh, a few other things is they're pack hunters um so they gain bonuses when they're in a group and mm. they also uh they have very powerful senses of smell and hearing and they use that to identify the weakest member of the party and go for them so they try to pick off the weak ones and as they are fiends from the nine hells uh, they're intelligent enough that you can communicate with them, but you have to be able to speak infernal to like use an intimidate on them. But do they speak or do they just understand? Uh, they just understand. They don't. They don't okay. speak back. So, okay. um, and uh, as they are, uh, you know, they they have these good sense of smell and hearing. Even if your party flees combat, they will track you. So, yeah, like like dogs, like dogs. Yep. So and they'll like track hours. you even harder if they're hungry because your food. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Their sniffing gets like twice as hard. They're like, okay, that's it. <laughs> so if you if you encounter hellhounds, you got to put them down, or they're gonna fight you. Yeah. Or you got to intimidate them and get them to work for you and feed them neighborhoods at a time. I'm just I'm just assuming it's a whole neighborhood to, to feed them. That's that's where I'm at with hellhounds. This is your new unit uh, of measurement. Yeah, it's just like, just feed him a neighborhood. He'll be fine. So if you have two hellhounds, you've got to feed him two neighborhoods per day. I did see this uh, thing where um, 
a guy a guy lives like i think he's up in montana or something and you know uh there's various bears in the country different things like this. so he's got his dog and when his dog barks it usually drives the bears off well one of the bears figured something really interesting out it's if, if he brings like leftover from his dinner or whatever and throws it to the dog the dog does not bark and then the bear can get into the trash can and he's like he's done it five times he brings his leftovers to the dog and then tears it to my trash can. I'd be like, and that's kind of like the hellhound, but like it's guarding this thing, but if you feed it, it will kind of ignore you. <laughs> be like, nobody fights a hellhound, you feed a hellhound. That's why we brought the halfling. <laughs> so basically, no. But they yeah, need a right, whole neighborhood. They, want, they do want living flesh, right? Yeah, they yeah, they don't want dead things. So you need like a pocket dimension where you could just store just a couple hundred people and just dump them on a hellhound at a time. And he'll be like, why'd you dump all these people? Oh, nice. Thank you. And go from there. I I could see a Noel Warlock having a hellhound as a pet. Like I just I really want to see just like a paladin having a hellhound. Just like, hey, you messed up bad, so now you are gonna be fed. Well, to but I mean dog. you can have uh, paladins to evil deities, right? Yeah, you can. Well, so, I was I mean, thinking of a good one, but way to ruin it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, Should we? How, add... That's how it works. Yeah. <laughs> Should we take our break now? So, oh, is it time? Okay. All right. So we've been talking about hellhounds. We've discovered the measurement of a neighborhood, and uh, <laughs> we are uh, getting into the story of Dark Alliance Two. As uh, we have started to fight these goblins first, right? And yeah. then we moved on to hellhounds, and then we've gone so, deep yeah. into our theories of hellhounds. Well, so, we yeah, never so. we we've talked about goblins a few different times. This is the first time I think we've really talked about hellhounds. Yeah, yeah. So it stands yeah. to reason that we that we did go a little bit deeper into so. how much they eat in yeah. a day. Yeah. So yeah. So you either fight your way past the hellhounds or feed it something so that they don't attack you. Uh huh. And uh, then we will continue to dive deeper into Dragon Spear Keep. Uh, there will be a series of poison mushrooms that you kind of have to navigate from and just keep your distance. Um, and uh, then as we move into the lower levels, now kind of exiting the keep and just into the caverns underneath it, we will encounter what are called ropers. And a roper... Ropers with a G. It's a P. R-O-P-E-R. Oh. Roper. A roper. Oh, okay. okay. So what is a roper? So these are creatures that live in caverns or caves and they go into kind of this really uh, frozen state where they will have the appearance of a stalactite or stalagmite. So they'll uh-huh. either hang from the ceiling or they'll stick up from the ground. Uh-huh. And they, they look like they're stone. You know, they will blend in with the rocks completely. Um, sure. But they do have sticky tendrils that they can use to grab victims. And so usually they'll wait until you've moved into position and then the tendrils will come out and try and grab all the party members. Um, and so they usually launch uh, surprise attacks. Um, and they have they only have one eye uh, that they that they to, to see out of, but they will keep it closed as they kind of feel the party entering their their territory. And then they only open the eye once they have snagged something with the tendrils. Uh, so what would you say they look most like? They, they look like a stone. They look like, like stone. a stone, but they have a bunch of tentacles. 
Sticky, yeah. sticky tentacles come <laughs> so, down and grab your body when you're walking <laughs> through a cold, dark cave. Yeah. <laughs> or that yeah. Is, is, is the... Okay, well, now I'm terrified for the rest of my life. Thank you for that, Eli. I hate you. This is not supposed to be our history of horror episode. Jeez, Eli. <laughs> so this is the last time. at you with one eye. One little eye. The, the eye doesn't open until no, no, no. When you see the eye, you know you're dead because they open it only when they're ready to grab and kill you. So yeah, so they have six of these these tentacles um, that they use to grapple with, and if you sever it, it will grow back in the next turn. Oh. So and turns last about ten seconds, fifteen seconds. I think five. six. I think six. Is yeah, it okay. is it five or six seconds? So five or six during seconds, yeah. during a five second period, it fully grows back. Fully grows back a tentacle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, I have a question real quick. Mm-hmm. So they look like a rock. So are they kind of like crabs where they have a shell and the tentacles come out of the shell? Uh, I mean, in in all of the images, the tentacles are just there. So I assume the tentacles just hang at the side and just have the same appearance of stone. Okay. You know, like a like a like a like a gecko. You know, standing on a, a leaf or something. He can be the exact same color and look like the leaf, but if you touch him, he's going to feel very different than the leaf does. Or like octopus, uh, they they can you know even change the texture of their skin to help mimic along with the coloring and yeah. uh, take so, on it. So complex you know, just just pattern. because they have these sticky tendrils doesn't mean they don't have the appearance of stone. Right. Okay, so they're literally, they look just like a stone and the tentacles kind of just hang from their body. Yeah. Is the material of their body kind of like stone or is it? They like do have like a really high armor class, but they are not actually stone themselves, but they do, but they are fairly hard. Okay, so the material, they have a very strong shell for yeah. the structure that is the stalactite. Yeah. And then the tentacles are not as tough a material, but they grow back, so it doesn't even matter. Right. Well, that uh, just sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I've never actually encountered a roper in any of my D&D adventures, but a friend of mine did. And uh, he described his experience this way. His, his party encountered a, a cluster of these ropers. And the DM has a 3D printer by which he prints out the mobs that they're fighting for, for the various adventures. Yeah. And for one reason or another, he had chosen kind of a translucent green color. For the ropers as he printed them out. And so, because no none of nobody in the party had ever fought ropers before or even knew anything about ropers, he was looking at this and be like, oh, it's like a slime. So he reaches for his club, right? To use against them. And he's like, and uh yeah, he's like, no, no, not slime. They're rocks. They're like rocks. <laughs> he says, I feel like we were deceived when he printed those creatures out. <laughs> Your character just has a low like perception of things. It's like, ah, oh, they're slime. Like, no, those are rocks. <laughs> Why can I see through it? You can't see through rocks. <laughs> yeah, your character just like rolled in that one. Like that's 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 on him. He thinks he can see through yeah. it. So like like as he put it out, he says we spent the first round figuring out they're not slimes, they're rocks. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> All right. That's but it seems like hammers are better against rocks than blades. So, anyways, well, I don't think he they had hammers. They had clubs for slimes because it was wood oh. and bludgeoning, right? Because right, they'll, and they'll a hammer is probably better than a sword. But a sword would probably be better than a club. Yeah, 
Yeah. So well, and I think it was it was more a, a shock for the spellcasters who were prepping spells to use on slimes. Oh, okay. And then finding out, be like, oh no, no, they're not slimes at all. Yeah, I gotcha. Evil DM. So yeah, ropers would be a great uh, Halloween prank to put in somebody's life. Ryan Rancor, if you're listening to this, Eli's lying. Eli's lying. <laughs> it's a complete joke. Do not do that. <laughs> What else are we going to find? Okay, so just beyond the Ropers, we will then encounter a group of Driders. And that is a clear sign that these caverns are connected to the Underdark. Ooh. Uh, so the Drider, the Drider is like an iconic race uh, and, and symbol of the Underdark and the Drow. And so these are the creatures that are, that they're Drow uh, from the waist up. And then from the waist down, they are giant spiders. So you've seen the, you've probably seen images of dryers <laughs> before. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and, uh, so what happens is. Wait, wait, wait. Back up. Just recap real quick. For people who haven't listened to the episode, Drow is an elf that just got a really, really bad tan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the Drow are the dark elves, uh, yeah. cast into the underdark after. Uh, the Sun Elves um, really just gave them a raw deal. Like the Sun Elves did a yeah. bunch of terrible things and somehow blamed it on the Moon Elves. And then the Moon Elves had their connection to their god severed and became the drow and turned dark and fled underground and were forced to seek out another god because their their connection to their deity was severed. And the and god they, they chose belief... was Loth. And, 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 they, and Loth is who again? Both is the Spider Queen. Uh, okay. She, she was once the, the wife uh, of the king of the elven gods. And she wanted him to be more uh, ambitious in gaining even more power. And he wouldn't. And it frustrated her. So she is tempted to get rid of him. Started a war between the elven gods and was cast out and uh, into the abyss where she was transformed into the Spider Queen. And so how do the drow become driders? So, yes, that's where I'm going to go. So perfect. Uh, when a drow uh, shows great promise, Loth will then summon it into her domain, which is the demon web. So it's uh, like a Digimon evolution. So, well, and so there they will undergo a test of faith and strength. Right. And so those who pass this uh, are given Loth's favor. She gives them a lot of power and different things like that. But those who fail are turned into driders. Oh. So driders are a bad thing. Driders are a bad thing. It's a punishment. Yeah. I, that seems like a terrible marketing. Like she is the spider queen and she's like, if you're more like me, that is, that's because you failed. Yeah, well, because you well, failed. Aaron, you also don't know what happens to the ones who succeed. Yeah, I don't. Joe didn't tell me. Someone interrupted him. We don't need to say who. <laughs> I mean, just say who. So uh, the the driders are seen as, as uh, kind of like slaves, um, but they all they are tolerated because uh, you know at one point uh, Loth showed them some favor. Uh-huh. Um, most uh, border on madness, and they just kind of wander the underdark, um, you know, leading packs of spiders and just feeding them living. But some of them uh, maintain enough of their intelligence that they are servants within the Drow society. Yeah. And so the ones who win or like who succeed? 
uh, they remain drow, but they gain like blessings and power from Lolf. Right? So like become... heightened senses, like Spider-Man, basically. I uh, think more like uh, higher level cleric spells, stuff like that, or magic oh, so weapons. So kind of like the marks. So like they're imbued with more potential for power. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. My favorite of Lolf. Um, so pack of driders that like like Wait, the one. Eli, here. did you have something to say? Oh, I was just gonna say, I wish like there was more Halloween decorations like this, <laughs> like like the the cent yeah the centaur spider woman, you know. It's it's yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what? We can dress. We can both dress up as centaur spider people this year if you want. <laughs> but what what are they called again? Again, Joe? Driders. 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 Yeah. 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 So because. Um, most driders kind of lose their minds or just kind of slaves with drow society. An actual pack of driders is a fairly rare occurrence and mm. a clear sign that Loth is involved, right? Very directly. Oh, if you see a pack of them. Uh, yeah. Okay. They're being commanded. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. so, uh, yeah. So those are driders. Uh, they can be fairly intimidating the first time you encounter them. Um, after defeating the Driders, you will find the bodies of men in black armor. And uh, then as we continue to move deeper into the caverns, we will encounter a Mind Flayer. Woohoo! Which preludes into Baldur's Gate 3. So, yes, this this specific Mind Flayer won't be connected. But And we did, we did cover Mind Flayers quite a bit when we were talking mm-hmm. about uh, the story of Baldur's Gate 2. So I'm not going to dive deep into you want to give us a 10 here. second or do you want to have eli give a 10 second explanation Squid of a mind flare? face psychic vampires <laughs> that's i guess yeah that's, <laughs> that's actually pretty accurate you know you know it's funny before i was terrified but, of your explaining of uh the freaking what was it a, a roper and now uh, uh squid faced uh, what was the last part? Something psychic like, vampires. Although they, all of that sounds thoughts. awful. It, yeah, it doesn't want to eat, suck your blood though. It wants to eat your brain. So. Yeah, yeah. Squid face psychic vampires. So this the psychic vampire is important. Yeah, psychic yeah. Vampire, yeah. Um, we're we're running up on on time. Just so you know. Okay, so I do want to point out. So uh, mind flayers like they they do a lot of mind control and different things like this, and they're pretty ugly and horrifying to look at and so the way they're portrayed here in, in dark alliance 2 like the, particularly the mind control is really interesting that it is uh it's this female very with a beautiful voice speaking very soft and gentle things to you as you approach the mind flare and that is kind of the mind control trying to take over so like you wouldn't even associate this voice with this ugly nasty looking creature because mm-hmm. they eat your thoughts right so they're like high tier they don't eat your thoughts. They eat your brain. Oh, okay. That's they mind control you, and then they eat your brain. But don't. But they are very intelligent, right? Yes, they are very intelligent. Yeah, it's like just like if a uh, it's like a seven thousand year old philosopher turned evil kind of thing. So, uh huh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So the really interesting thing is, as this mind flayer is attempting to control you, like I said, it's a very soft female voice. Uh, if you're familiar with ASMR, it almost sounds like an ASMR kind of thing coming through. And she, you know, digging like a through, siren. Yeah. Digging yeah. through your mind. She like figures out your what mission we're on, who we work for and everything. And she claims that Jarek, the, the Harper who has hired us to, on this task, that she has new instructions from him for us. Like that's part of her mind control. 
If you could say this in a silky voice, <laughs> it'll help me understand better. But uh, yeah, so I thought it was really, really good the way they presented the Mind Flayer's mind control. It's like, oh, that's really well done. That's terrifying. I already know I would have done it wrong. Like, oh, okay, cool. Bonus XP. I'm going to do it. <laughs> I'm going to do it. Uh, but yeah, naturally, it doesn't work on us. And we uh, fight the Mind Flayer and her minions. Um, and then behind her, we will find the Brazier of Eternal Flame, which is the item we were sent to collect from Dragon Spear. One of the four artifacts. One of the four artifacts. Yep. And okay. are Mind Flayers female? Uh, no. Or they just have they, a female they, voice. They spawn. So yeah, they spawn. They're they're not gendered. Yeah. But do but, they always have that female voice? I think they'd probably use whatever voice you'd be most susceptible to. Because right, they, right. So it's it's they're tapping into the person's, you know, like. Uh, what's going to make them feel comfortable. So I'm, I'm going to hear my mom like coaxing me and like cheering for me and be like, that might be that. what it is. And yeah. Eli's going to hear Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. So, but, but yeah, right. yeah, it'd be a reflection of the person's mind. Yeah. yeah Cause <sighs> before they first start talking to you, they're going to dig through all your thoughts and, and figure out who are you most likely to listen to? Aaron didn't know this was a Halloween episode. <laughs> I don't think anyone did, unless we title it that. <laughs> um, what are we talking about next time, Joe? Uh, so we are going to return the brazier to Jarek and get our next assignment for him. And, uh, of course, continue digging into um, the, the lore of the creatures and the world as we encounter it. Awesome. Thank you for joining us. Catch you next time, Groundlings. On the floor. If you enjoyed this episode and want more on the topic, we record a special treasure room for our patrons after every episode. In the regular episode, we go deep. In the treasure room, we go wide. To enjoy the bonus content, sign up at the fluorite level or higher. There is a treasure room for every episode from August 2021 and on. That's double the content two episodes a week instead of one go to www.patreon.com backslash floor fantasy and lore that's floor spelled f-l-o-r-e select the fluorite tier or higher immediately after each episode is released the treasure room will post the bonus audio on patreon they are identified by the tag treasure room after and the title of the episode you can also do a search for the keywords treasure room and find all the content you've been missing Thanks for listening. Leave us a review. Tell us why you like listening to us. Is it our awesome deep dives? Is it our amazing back and forth? Is it our charming good looks? What would you like us to add or change? You can put that in the review as well. We read reviews. Yeah, and if you're going to be leaving us a review telling us what you like about it, maybe you even want to share the content with your friends. Uh, Like and share on social media. You can join us on Twitter and Facebook. We post memes. And we actually started a Discord, so come play with us. So uh, a lot of the worlds we cover have a retcon. Uh, if you're not familiar with that term, it's reconstruction. Or sometimes we might uh, use a bad source for some of our lore research. And if that happens, uh, feel free to email us at floorfantasyandlore at gmail.com. That is floor spelled F-L-O-R-E, fantasyandlore at gmail.com. And if you're angry enough, we'll read it on the air. <laughs> Yes, we will. 
Also, the treasure room is now available. We have locked a few secrets for everything we cover in there. And each week, we add more. And uh, you can find the treasure room on patreon.com backslash floor fantasy and lore. And how do you spell that, Aaron? That's lore with an F at the beginning. So it sounds like floor, but it's not the floor you're thinking because it's our floor. uh, We hope you enjoyed your time on the floor. Uh, Think about your favorite part of the episode. Now think about your nerdiest friend. Who is it? What is their name? They want to know about the floor. Stop holding out on them. Go and tell them about your favorite part. Because all of this is more fun together.